I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company, Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex. We are on a mission to teach you how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Don't forget to head on over to our website, shamelesssex.com, for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Shameless Sex Podcast once again. Amy and April. Oh, we actually, what did we just say? The Amy and April show. No, I actually said the April and Amy show. Like itchy that, and scratchy. Instead of itchy and scratchy. Yeah. Would you be itchy or would you be scratchy? Probably itchy. I'd, de- <laughs> I'd definitely be scratchy because I definitely would be like, I'm scratching it. <laughs> I have like, okay, I'm going to be real right now, y'all, for talking about shelter in place, what's going on over here. So, I have a couple weird dots on my abdomen. They're like these red dots that, and I have some doctor friends. So I send them photos of my naked body. And my naked body, I'm like, what? Am I dying? What are these? And they're like, I don't know. It might be fungus. So <laughs> I might be oh, growing shit. some some fungus in my body. But it's I need to see a dermatologist, but I can't. Um, so that's happening. Also, I was checking out my facial hair the other day. <laughs> And I'm just, I'm just trying to be real, y'all. <laughs> hey, hey, it's shameless sex, yo. And it's just shameless in, in general, right? So, hey, hair grows. It changes when you get older. I'm pretty hairless. It's so weird. I'm like losing hair in my body as I get older. I'm I'll like, is this you. Like, I don't even understand. But it, that goes also for the hair on my head, which you have this thick, oh. luxurious hair. And you get like hair, like you have thicker hair just in general like you grow more hair we were just about to talk about my bush weren't you i only see your bush occasionally (laughs) and no i was not i was pertaining to like leg hair because i know that you have to shave more frequently and so i it's just some people just do the thicker headed hair people which they're so lucky i mean they they just tend to have more hair follicles i think then you get more of body hair. Yeah, my uh, I'm my leg hair. I'm shaving my legs about mm, once a week um, on a good week. And I <laughs> used to wash my hair twice a week. Now it's more like once a week. It's once every five days or so. It used to be once every four. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure a lot of folks who are listening are like, that's not sexy, but fuck it. And a lot of folks are listening like, me too. Uh, because a lot of us are just kind of hiding out. So, hey, there's your dog in the background. How cute. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just passed out on the couch. He's so cute. Legend, I love you. It is classic. classic so this animal. episode, everyone, is with Larkin Love, who's a porn star and entrepreneur. And we realized we haven't had a lot of porn stars on here. And she's fucking awesome. And just to give some serious props to her, she is not only just an intellectual, badass entrepreneur and so easy to listen to. She has so much great information to share. That is, I, I, I took so much away from this podcast and I usually do. Our guests are incredible and she was uh, no exception. She was absolutely phenomenal, great speaker and has wonderful information to share. So definitely stay tuned. You'll, you'll love this podcast. And it's fun seeing into the inside world of porn and being a porn star or an adult performer, I guess is what was more so, um, or, and she's also just like a content creator because she runs her own business. So uh, stay tuned y'all. She's also, just to add to that, Amy, she's like super, innovative with what like and she kind of just comes and <laughs> comes yes I'm sure she comes she does she just comes she comes up with a lot of really cool ideas and excess ways to kind of reach with, with like have some outreach and um not banter what's the right like exchange information with her with her fans so it's cool anyway I just wanted to add that because she's so innovative so I also uh, noticed that, that so she has 32j breasts and like yeah. when we were on the so, call with her we were on a video call but like we didn't even it was just I didn't faces. see them yeah faces but like if you actually right. google her they're they're huge they're 32j I actually can't fathom what that looks like right now so I'm gonna have to google that after we're done with this because I can think about d e f g but h i j that's (laughs) 
That's a lot more letters than I'm used to. <laughs> That's a lot of letters. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a J. Maybe I did. I didn't. Is either. there a Z? I don't know. I don't know what even. Let's not give out false again. information. People okay. Complain right. about that. We All don't right. know. You're right. We don't know. We don't know about this. We are not breast experts. All right. You ready for a testimonial chip? Yeah. This is from a lovely listener, a penis-owning listener, as they say in this uh, testimonial. I want to thank you both for providing an entertaining and informative program. Vulva owners are absolutely entitled as a matter of human rights to have their own sexual agency without shame or judgment. As a penis-owning cis man, I have no societal obligation to keep score on how many sexual experiences a woman has had or will have. Frankly, the question of your number is inappropriate as well as archaic. Last time I checked my spouse of 45 years, there was no odometer nor mileage gauge. I have gained insight as well as knowledge of human sexuality from your programs. Regardless of one's age, there's always more to learn each day. By the way, I am one of those penis owners who loves going down on a woman, small labia, large labia, neat and tidy or not. It's a true joy. Watching a partner have an orgasm is a huge turn on for me. Keep up the good work with joy. Oh, that's lovely. I uh, really dig this. Well, human. number one, how this human said that we have a program. I love that. <laughs> and I was our, like, yeah. Our program. I sometimes yeah. call it a show and then I'm like, it's an episode. And then, but I like it called a program. And Fuck yeah, it's such a supporter of vulva owners out there. Yeah. Cool. That's super cool. This so thank awesome. you. Thank you. Awesome awesome you man. Woohoo. Keep up the good work. Advocate for pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do a sex question. And by the way, thank you all for writing us with sex questions. And thank you for your testimonials. And thank you for reviewing us on iTunes. And if you haven't, it's awesome when you just give us a little five-star review. We read them all and we love, love, love reading them. Did and you see that we hit 1K on iTunes too? By I saw that 1K reviews. Yes. Yeah. We only have four and a half stars. Set face. We need more stars. We need more stars. And we do answer sex questions. If we don't read your question on the show, remember we are doing Instagram live. At least this is recorded in April, 2020. We do Instagram lives every Friday. So we answer your sex questions live as well. I just wanted to say that without further ado, let me get to this next question. Are you ready, Miss Amy? Yes, yes, yes. All right. I'm a male of 20 years. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I already fucked it up. I already fucked it up. <laughs> I'm a male. I'm a male of 28 years old, currently single and have been for five years. My one and only relationship lasted just three months. My question is, does excessive masturbation cause any harm? I noticed when I was with my ex-girlfriend, I could never ejaculate properly during sex the way I can when I'm masturbating. I masturbate like three or four times a day, and I have done since I was about 10 years old. So have I done myself harm? And if so, is there a way to fix this? All right. 28-year-old like male. Thank you, human, for sending this. Um, but short answer. No, there's no, you haven't done yourself harm. Is there a way to fix this? Yes. If it, yeah, and I don't, I wouldn't call it, you know, I mean, it's, if it's a problem for you when you use the word fix, then all right, I wouldn't look at you as like, we need to fix you. Um, our largest sex organ is, what is it, April? Our brain. Our brain. And so, you know what that means? We can reprogram our brain through experiences and practice to have different experiences and for the new experiences to become the default. So, Right now, for this person, because of their old practices, they have a set default um, where, you know, masturbating three to four times a day, they have a specific way that um, they ejaculate. And it's interesting that they said properly. I noticed when I was my girlfriend, I could never ejaculate properly. So I'm wondering what that is. Is that like it never felt complete or full or, yeah, I'm curious about what that is. At any rate, what I would say to do uh, is to start practicing masturbation. And by the way, everyone, Masturbation May is coming up. It's our favorite month. And we're going to have a contest and challenges on our Instagram. We can win prizes. And part of it will be um, doing more conscious masturbation practices. So for this person, I would say to do that, start self-pleasuring, not three to four times a day, just trying to wank yourself to orgasm really fast and hard and quickly. Start 
self-pleasuring in a way that is slow and intentional where you feel all the sensations, probably not watching porn um, and taking your time and, and to, to really feel all the sensations that are available um, so that when you have sex with someone else and that sex doesn't kind of line up with really fast and hard and vigorous all the time, that might be that which your masturbation practice is, um, then you can align there and probably feel more um, safe is the wrong word, but more like it can feel more aligned with your practices, right? So you kind of practice in your own self-pleasure practice. Um, that's the, the practice field to bring into relationships and, and loverships and all that. Um, so that it can match. And you know, unfortunately, where, the way people learn about pleasure often is through porn and it's always fast and hard. Where Larry people learn about masturbation often is just trial and error at home where you have to go really quick and hard because someone might walk in or you're in the shower. Um, so it's a matter of really slowing that down. And, the, and at first it might be frustrating. You might not have orgasms right away. It might be weeks of that and you'd be like, fuck Amy in April, I hate this. Um, but I promise you that with enough practice, it can change this experience where all of a sudden you might be able to orgasm to slower and softer. And then when you actually play with partners, then you can still probably have a powerful orgasm with them now that your body's acclimated to that. That is awesome advice, Amy, or suggestions. And I think that we've said this before, which is if it's not getting in the way of your daily, day-to-day, I guess, what would be like your tasks or your responsibilities or the things that you must get done, it's not getting in the way of your job or your other relationships, then it's not an issue, right? And and it seems like three or four times a day, no, it's not going to do you any harm at all. I think as long as you, as Amy said, can maybe tap into other realms of, of uh, a connection when you're with a partner and, and not necessarily be obsessed with, oh my God, oh my God, am I going to come or I'm not coming like I did when I was masturbating. Oh my God. I think get out of your head and just enjoy the experience with the person that you're hooking up with, whether it's a girlfriend or a lover or, you know, someone that you're just maybe just hooking up with. I think just really tap into the experience of what you're feeling, what you're sensing, um, not only with your, with, with on your penis, uh, all over your body. And that breath work that we've mentioned so many times, it is the medicine that can really help you achieve all sorts of different levels of pleasure. And um, yeah, this is a great question. And you are not broken and you have not done yourself harm. So you don't need to fix anything. I think just tapping in and, and recognizing that sounds like you're a pleasure boss right now and, and you have it handled on your own accord. So way to go. Yeah. And then if you, if you feel like this and you want to shift then just start practicing something different. Um, and I like that you added that part about uh, the that it's only if too much if it's getting in the way of your everyday life. That's what when we look at like addictions and things like that too. Whether it's like porn addiction, sex addiction, addiction to drugs, alcohol, etc. It's you know if it's if it's something that um, is kind of ruling you instead of you being able to run it and it's getting in the way of things. And that's probably something to consider and look at. Yeah, so, when I have, I had a job uh, back in the day, I won't even talk about where it was. And there was a, a, an issue with the bathroom, the men's bathroom specifically, because people were in there a long time and no one would ever admit, because there were only a handful of, of uh, cis men that worked there, but they were all complaining that, that the bathrooms were uh, being taken up too long, potentially for masturbating. And it was like an issue, like there'd be a backup line for the bathroom. And it had to be like, it had to Someone's go out in like, in like a, yeah, you only had yeah. 10 minutes or 15 minutes or something. There was like a memo that went out like, Hey, yo, you can't spend more than 10 minutes in the bathroom because people, and they didn't know if it was wanking or people were just taking their time on the, on the pot, but either way, they're just it on was Instagram. In the way of production. This was before Instagram. Oh, okay. They're on uh, MySpace. MySpace. <laughs> uh, it was in, it was in, it was messing with production. So they had to put a cat. They had to really ax that out. So it was fucking hilarious, by the way. And oh I was so God. confused. I was like, why do people love sitting on the toilet so long? And I was like, well, maybe they're not sitting on the toilet. Maybe they're sitting on the ground just wanking. Maybe or standing or yeah. 
<laughs> well, speaking of wanking, so we often on the podcast talk about Hot Octopus, which is a company that April actually is the VP of and then we work for. And uh, we absolutely love, but we were like, we haven't really talked a lot about their products and we love their products. So we're going to give you a little information on some of these products that we love. One of them is actually great for the sex question. It is the Pulse Duo. There's also a Pulse Solo for solo play. This is a masturbation sleep, also known as the vibrator for penis owners. It has a pulsator inside that actually massages the penis, whether someone's hard or soft can feel amazing. And for this person, oh, for your people who need to get off in the bathroom real quick, this is going to do it for them faster than their hands. <laughs> but it feels really amazing. Some people are like, why would I need, why, I can just use my hand. Why would I want this? Um, what do you say to that, April? You have a good thing. Well, the duo is really cool because you can actually incorporate, it's, it's the ideal foreplay toy. If you have a penis owner, a vulva owner, you can throw that on the penis, hard, soft, semi, any, any way the penis is in operation. You can grind on that cowgirl or cow human style as Amy and I like to keep a PC, or you can use it like missionary style. And then both people, whether they're feeling the oscillator or the vibrator, there's a little remote that you can control the vibrator as well. They're getting stimulated. So the moment Either you're, you can orgasm with that on the moment the penis, if it gets ready, or if you want to just finish that way, you can take it off and go into your next experience, have some penetration. And the solo is just great for, yeah, folks. That, solo play. Yeah. If yeah. you, it's focused on frenulum stimulation, which we've talked about the frenulum. It's the head of the penis. I like to call it the clitoris of the penis because I'm a clitoris owner. So it's that really sensitive uh, area. And Amy likes to compare it to the lingual frenulum, right? The thing that the webbing on your tongue, haven't you said that? The lingual frenulum is that I mean, webbing both, on your tongue? They're both frenulums. They're just, it's the, that's the so medical they, term. They kind of look similar though. So you yeah. can think of your frenulum as that. And then hot octopus, so they, they specialize in penis toys. They also make a really cool toy called the digit and it's a finger vibe, but it slips on like a ring. It looks and badass. It's badass. And if you have thicker fingers, it actually clips on. So even if you are a girthy fingered human and you want to slip some hands-free stimulation, it makes your fingers their own little vibrators. I love it for doggy style because my partner can wear it and he has thick ass fingers. He can wear it and turns it on and then just does the old reach around. Amy, you know about the reach around. And it adds this like really exceptional high pitched. It's like a really rumbly vibration that I can actually orgasm from pretty fast. And the other one, which I know you're a fan of Amy, because we've talked about it for the Atom Plus. That one is unlike any other cock ring on the market. There's two motors and it actually helps when you put it on, you put it on totally soft, you put that on and then you twist it and it has this area that's called the perineum or the taint or the gooch if you're on the east coast in the u.s perineum tomato perineum yes uh it stimulates the perineum so it also gives you the pressure that you need and it helps constrict blood flow so you can actually last longer perfect grinding toy so if i use that in a you know on a penis owner i grind on the edge of it it feels so great it's like instant orgasm if i'm on top so check that out hot octopus is actually giving shameless sex listeners 20 percent off any of their products just go to hotoctopus.com use code sspod20 i'm going to repeat this again hot octopus so remember h-o-t-o-c-t-o-p-u-s-s there's two s's y'all and use coupon code S-S-P-O-D-2-0 at checkout. You'll get 20% off. Love hot octopus toys. Then you know what we're talking about. Now you do. If you don't know, now you know. Now you know. So talking about some amazing uh, fucking content for LarkinLove.com. If y'all are going to listen to Larkin in just a moment and you, you have to check out her site after this uh, podcast because some great content. So let's do, are you ready for a bio, Amy? A short bio about yeah. Larkin? All right. So known for her 32J breasts and fierce black hair, Larkin Love has gone from adult star to self-made entrepreneur, running her own website and becoming the queen of the Clips universe. Her clips and site, LarkinLove.com, feature her as the master of role play. She's always a chameleon going from kinky mom to librarian to cosplay characters like superheroine Power Girl and League of Legends, Ahri, and more. Larkin captivates her members and clip buyers with the kinkiest hardcore, taboo, and fetish scenes on the planet, as well as her special 
specialty blowjobs, incredibly long tongue, which she showed us, and jaw-dropping dirty talk. To learn more, you have to go and visit larkinlove.com. That's L-A-R-K-I-N love.com. And that tongue was pretty awesome. She showed us. Yeah, yeah we got to see like, that. We're like, we didn't see the wow. back. We saw the tongue. We're like, damn. <laughs> it was really incredible. So, yeah. all right. Yeah. I can't wait for this episode. Are you ready? Right. Yep, let's do it. Are you able to work right now, by the way? Yes, because I have been 100% independent for the last couple of years. Awesome. I shooting. I mean, I would maybe for the right price, but I stopped working for mainstream because I found that it was way more lucrative to be an independent producer. And I have been producing independently since 2011, but it's, it's all I do now. So now with this, this, the great shifts you, you're, you're ready for it. You're like, Oh, I'm already doing this. A lot of other people are probably scrambling and you're like, oh, I was already kind of working from home in my own studio. Yeah. hundred percent. Like my job is fine. It hasn't changed at all. Mm. Um, and I'm very lucky in that respect. So yeah. awesome. I think uh, I'm going to just say that we'll start the podcast there and include that piece there too, because of the times of what's going on too, and just dive right in here to our listeners who are listening to us on the show. Um, welcome to your interview portion of the Shameless Sex Podcast. We're here with Larkin Love, as you heard in the bio that we already read before this. Um, and we always like to start these podcasts with this question, Larkin, to tell us about your journey. How did you get to be where you are today in the adult industry in this moment in time? Oh, let's see. I started in the adult industry in 2011. I moved to LA and, um, got an agent and thought I would enter the world of porn that way by shooting for mainstream companies and and doing porn as it had always been described to me, where you shoot for a bunch of different companies, you have an agent that gets you work, et cetera. Um, That did not work out for me, actually. I was told by dozens of companies and two different agents that I was unmarketable. Hmm. And uh, I ended up being pretty broke for a hot minute there. Uh, yeah. Supporting myself through a lot of like modeling gigs and bartending here and there, like doing whatever I could to get by. Um, a boyfriend bought me a video camera, God bless him. Um, and I started shooting my own clips because I stubbornly for whatever reason did not believe that I was unmarketable. And that was the beginning of me producing my own independent adult films, fetish material, nude photography, erotic photography, etc. Um, I have also later then shot for mainstream companies, but my independent stuff has been the mainstay of my career pretty much almost since the beginning. I've done about 66 zero. 60 uh, scenes for mainstream porn. I've done over 1,600 for my own production company. Just Did you to, send some of your work to that person that, that said you were unmarketable? You're like, hey, but guess what? Bam, I'm marketable. <laughs> you know, I've had some pleasant moments where I've won awards in the last couple of years as an independent clip producer um, or as a cosplay model, things like that. Um, I haven't had to rub it into anyone's face because (laughs) the business is putting me to the forefront anyway. Um, Yeah, it feels good though. I'm not going to lie. When someone says you're unmarketable, what are they talking about? Like, what are they like? Why, why? I mean, what, this is obviously just their opinion, but when someone says that, what are, what are they referring to? I'm pretty heavily tattooed throughout my midsection. I have a large, couple of pieces on my abdomen um, under my breast down to about my pubic bone and then both wrists which is funny to me because there are people even more tattooed than that but um, I feel like the agents I ran into early in my career they didn't know what to do with an alt girl necessarily Uh, I did have blue hair at the time too, which, you know, I found fun and striking, but I I found a lot of porn producers at the time 
looked at me and said, what the, we, we can't do anything with this punk girl. Mm. Um, so that was interesting. Cause I know alt porn was really big for a hot minute in the late nineties, early noughties, but then there was this sort of trail off and now, now it's cool again. So it's, it's like, I missed that dip in the middle. I don't know. What do you, um, or sorry, Larkin, I didn't know if you were, uh, go on. if you had something more to add to that part, because I love alt porn from the beginning and to that, to even now it's always something like alternative to just the cat, like the traditional porn that you get back when I was buying VHS porn, uh, which now you could, you could find anything, which is awesome. But I wanted to not know about some of the highlights actually of your career. Obviously uh, you've done so much work that you said 1600, I believe you said was uh, the number that of your own pro- produced clips. Was that was the number you gave? Yes. Yes. 1600. That's so impressive. And then um, when you talk about some of your highlights and, and share with us and our listeners, also uh, like what, what you love of, of, about those, those pieces. Well, for me, the biggest highlight, even though it's not a discrete event, is just having a functional uh, business that I control completely myself. One thing I always hated about being on set for someone else's company is that I had no creative control. I had lines to say the scene was going to go down exactly the way that the director determined it. I didn't get to choose who my um, partner would be in the scene or partners. You have no choice in that. And that's all well and good. It's fine. You're delivering a product, but I prefer to have creative control. I also don't like depending economically on someone else. There were times where, you know, when I was still trying to pursue work for mainstream companies, um, and trying to use that as income where I took scenes at a rate lower than I really should have because I needed to make rent. And that's a really unpleasant feeling, you know, whether that was intentional or not, I ended up saying yes to things that I wish I hadn't later for the price necessarily. And when I work for myself, I don't run into that. It, it really does come down to what I am comfortable with, what I feel is good for my business to shoot at the time, what I feel like shooting. Yes, that's a lot of responsibility. You know, some people aren't up for that much responsibility over their own outcome in terms of professional success, but I love it. It's great. I love that my business goes where I go. I can take a day off anytime I want. I mean, you can't take every day off, but you can decide when that time is by and large. And uh, yeah, it's given me a lot of stability and freedom that way. I'm, I'm not subject to shooting moratoriums or uh, even this COVID-19 thing. My job hasn't gone away mm-hmm. because most of it is me shooting myself in my home. It sounds yeah really em- empowering, um, in the, especially the direction that you take, and I've yeah, I've, I've or that you've taken, uh, and that I've I've heard that about um, you know some folks in the porn industry working on, for other people, and you know the you know needing needing to make rent and taking the jobs that might not be fully aligned with where they're at, and feeling really good, and um, and you just really you created your own direction that really pertains to who you really are and what you want to do, which is so shameless sex. I mean, our our podcast is all about. Um, inspiring people to make their own rules for their sexuality, um, of course, abiding by consent, um, and, and you know, and part of that is also like, especially if you're, you are working in the field of sexuality, to really do what feels true to you, and you can feel that in your body when it doesn't. Um, I'm curious, though, to add a little spice to it. What are some of the wildest shoots you've ever done? And wild is kind of like, I mean, to you, you're probably like, nothing's really that wild anymore these days, but maybe not. Um, but what would you think to like? You know, our listeners who have probably seen some mainstream porn, but they have maybe not seen a lot of uh, alternative porn or um, or fetish porn and kink porn. What are some of the most interesting shoots you've done? I am extremely well known for something called taboo fetish, which is another way of saying incest role play. Mm. This is controversial to a lot of people. Uh, the role that I typically play is that of mommy. Mm -hmm. I do um, nice, 
tender but sexual mommy. I do mean, cruel, dommy mommy. I do distant mommy. I do evil mommy. I do uh, intense, jealous mommy. All these different versions of mommy. Um, this initially started as fan requests. And I did not quite get the kink initially. But as I have performed it over the years, it's become one of my favorite things to do because it really strikes a nerve with people. Um, it's scintillating to some because it's so incredibly taboo. I mean, it's it's the name of the fetish. It's the ultimate taboo, the idea that these people don't want to have sex with their mom. They want to have sex with a maternal archetype. Do you understand where I'm coming from here? They want to have sex with their first perception of the ultimate female, which is the the mother archetype. For for some, it's a nurturing presence. For some, it's a domineering presence. For some, it's a mix of both. There's all these little variations on a theme, but it really taps in to people's psychology. There's a whole BDSM pecking order, uh, power exchange aspect that can play into it, but doesn't necessarily, you know, there's... God, there's so many people who want mommy to just take care of them and calm them down and have like a, a soothing jerk off experience, mm. something that calms them at the same time that it sexually titillates them. Um, it's really, it's a versatile fetish and a lot of people don't get it until they try it or, or listen to it. Um, it's one of the most misunderstood. I love I love being mommy. I, mm-hmm. I love it. April likes uh, some. Well, April, did you have? I was like just a, gonna. A step I was just yeah. gonna say, yeah, step porn. No, it doesn't matter what if it's the dad or the mom. I've watched lots of, and for some reason, I don't ever consider. Like, I would watch in the incest porn too, or I'm going to use air quotes here. Uh, but usually when I, when I, uh, am searching for it, step, the step parent porn comes up versus actual, uh, mom and dad, but I think it's hot. And I think it is because it is so taboo to people and to me and in my, and I've had very weird relationships with step parents throughout my, my childhood and, and into my adulthood. So I think maybe it's me trying to take the power back and watching that porn and getting off on it. Who knows? Uh, but I'm with you. I think that is, it's, I, I didn't know that you did that kind of porn. And I'm so happy that you do because it is, that's also empowering in some way because it, it, it isn't the, the norm and I hate calling anything normal, but it's something that's outside of most people's comfort zone, right? To even think that way. So mm-hmm. um, that's hot. I'm going to have to go Look for your for your mommy porn now, working. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> if that, <laughs> what do you think? So, obviously, um, all careers have challenges, and and I was just curious about the like some of your greatest challenges that you faced working in the porn industry. And I know that there's it's it's expansive, and there's there's a lot of folks that aren't paid well, as you said, you've taken jobs for a lot less than you should have back then, but you, you had to do, you were trying to pay rent. And, um, I'm sure now that you have your own, your own production and, and it, you can take your back, your own power. There's, there's still other challenges, but can you just give us some insight to what that looks like for you? Sure. Um, definitely in the beginning, a lot of the challenges were economic. I moved to LA with practically nothing. I knew no one. I had a car full of some bags of clothes and a computer, and I just kind of showed up um, that whole trope. I was living it. Um, As my online following developed, as I started to create my own stuff, I had some rough times trying to figure out what my brand was, just trying to figure out what type you are, what brand you are, how do your customers perceive you, what what do they want from you? That's an entire series of hoops to jump through. Early on in my clip production career, I tried so many different types of videos. I mean, everything from sitting in cakes, bare assed <laughs> to, um, you know, uh, setting things on fire and stomping on them in high heels as an evil giantess, uh, shrinking fetish videos where I, I pretended to shrink the viewer and then make fun of his tiny dick. Um, 
there was a guy who used to commission videos from me where I would eat sandwiches um, fully clothed in front of the camera. Uh, I, I just did this huge spread of things along with the usual, you know, blowjobs, handjobs, lesbian, blah, 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 toys, squirting, the whole panoply. But like, I have this massive, really diverse and kind of weird catalog because of that process. Um I look back and I don't necessarily regret any of it, but I sometimes go like, what was I thinking? Why did I think that that was going to be profitable? I guess there's a market for someone. The one market I've never been able to crack, but always wanted to. Okay, so I have a foot fetish. I love having my feet worshipped. Love it. Love it so hard. Love high heels, love stockings, love pedicures, the whole nine yards. Like me as a dominant, love my feet, please. No one has ever bought my foot fetish porn. Biggest defeat of my entire career. Like, it's the saddest, it's the saddest fucking thing. That's so interesting. <laughs> there's a market for it. There's people are into it. Apparently, I don't have pretty feet. Oh. I know. No, it's, there's people that probably would love your feet. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. <laughs> it's so depressing because I have really, really tried. That was like one market I wanted to crack, but couldn't. So that was a challenge. The, the, the attempting to find my place in the sun, you know, what the, the, the perfect crossroads of what am I willing to do? What do I like to do? What do people want to buy? Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to find. So that took a couple years. And now that my career is more developed and I have a more crystallized stage persona. Now I'm trying to figure out what I can branch out into and how to stay diversified instead of just doing the same stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'm lucky enough that I have a great customer base, wonderful fan base. I'm able to command rates that I find, um, you know, amenable to the amount of effort that I put in, commensurate with my experience and everything like that. Like I feel really solid about that, but it's, tough to not stagnate. You never want to rest on your laurels. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, um keeping up with what is the hot platform. Mm-hmm. The industry, the indie porn industry has shifted so much since I first started. When I got in in 2011, clip sites, like clips for sale was the bottom line. If you were producing independent porn, that was where you sold your clips. Then as the years have gone by, all these alternative platforms have risen to fame, some of them in particular sectors, for example, femdom, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, what you got to figure out what marketplace is best for what you're shooting. If you're shooting more than one type of content, you're probably doubling and tripling your work, posting stuff to different platforms. Nowadays, I post everything on OnlyFans and on FanCentro slash Snapchat. FanCentro is a, a marketplace for selling Snapchat and they also have a inbox feature. Mm-hmm. So like premium social media is what I would call it. Do you have it? So is your sites, do you have interactions with like in communication with your fans on there? Is there like chat boxes and ways to, to cam with them or to have conversations with them? And I'm, so I'm just curious, like if you have an understanding of what your, your fans and viewers are like, uh, what kind of, what kind of humans are coming to you? Oh man, I interact more with my fans now than at any other point in my career. Interaction has become the hot commodity and I'm actually really happy to provide it. I chat online in text in the inbox for gosh, probably eight to 10 hours a day. I just, I love it. I I type really quickly. I jump around. It reminds me of, um, like AOL chat rooms. And oh, I remember those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's fun. Um, so I do that. And yeah, I get to know quite a few of my fans, uh, especially the ones that commission a lot of like little custom clips. Oh, I rate, I rate people's dicks. I love it. I love it. So for, for a nominal fee, I let my fans send me pictures of their John Thomas and I will make them in response a short reaction video of how I feel about said member and what I think about it. This is not um, a femdom product unless people want it to be. 
you know, like the whole, your dick is inadequate. No, I just give people honest answers. And I talk about, you know, like what positions might be good for them and what might be fun to do and whether they should trim their pubes or not. And so, yeah, like (laughs) I get to know my fans quite a lot these days. Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast is made possible by OMGS.com. OMGS is a research-based online program that teaches you all about how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied thousands of vulva owners to find out how they orgasm and then made tasteful and inspiring short videos to show you techniques on how to pleasure yourself or another vulva. I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and has changed their lives. So for all you vulva owners or vulva lovers out there who may already be having good orgasms and you want to take it to the next level, or perhaps you want to explore more variety in your playtime, OMGS will have something just for you. With two seasons, one all about internal and the other all about external techniques, it's better than any book or DVD money can buy. To learn more, visit omgs.com backslash shameless. Our listeners get $5 off. Check it out. This podcast was also made possible by UberLube. It's a luxurious silicone lubricant great for all kinds of sex. It's less likely to throw off the pH than most other lubes. And there are hundreds of doctors who recommend UberLube to their patients, whether they want to make their hot sex even hotter or for folks who are experiencing dryness. You never knew lube could be this good. So whether you're an avid lube lover or you've never used lube before, Uber Lube is right for you. It has no flavor, no scent, and feels absolutely amazing on the body. Uber Lube has endless uses. I use it to tame my hair frizzies, to prevent chafing, and I even put some in my mouth right before an oral sex session, and it totally ups my blowjob game. Oh, and the bottle, it's gorgeous. It's totally discreet and looks more like a beautiful cosmetic product, so you can even leave it on your nightstand shamelessly. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com. Use code SHAMELESSSEX and you get 10% off and free shipping. That's uberlube.com. Go check it out. And now back to the show. So it's yeah. So it's 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 beyond just watching videos. It's interactive for the the viewers. Because my, my next question was going to be, what can people expect when they go to your site? Okay, so I have stopped releasing clips on clip stores as of June 2019. So I have continued to produce hardcore, softcore, fetish, femdom, cheesecake, you name it. I continue to produce that at my usual rate, um, but I only release it on OnlyFans and Snapchat to people who message me in DM. I also chat like an unlimited amount with pretty much everybody. So far, this has still been within the realm of what I can do (laughs) and offer to people. Um, I do individual cam shows for tips. I do dick ratings, as I just mentioned. I am willing to do like in-text dirty role plays. Um, I do, gosh, I'll I'll sell my panties. I will do little shout outs. I'll make a phone background for people if they want that. I do custom photo sets, little custom videos, like just all kinds of stuff. You have to get creative. It seems like you're really good at getting creative, but uh, I can also imagine, and Amy actually uh, started to uh, pose this question. And, and so I'm going to, I'm going to ask it, Amy, cause it was on my mind too. And, and so because there's so much free porn out there, right? There's, it's endless. And that obviously I, I and I'd only assume, and maybe you can also shed light on that. I'm assuming those performers that are on the free porn sites, maybe don't get paid as well. Um, and I, I would love to know for, for myself and also I'm sure our listeners and maybe Amy as well, like what advice, how can we better support the performers um, if we are avid porn um, watchers and, and people that do like porn, like myself, I love porn. Um, and obviously it's not something that you always since it's always accessible, you could go to so many different sites and get it for free. How can we support performers and make sure that um, these folks are getting paid well? I mean, there's like a, like, I know we could go to your site. Um, Do you have any other suggestions as well? 
Lots of questions in that question. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. There are lots of ways to support your favorite performer. If you're talking about like an individual performer that you like versus say a company, um, go to that performer's official Pornhub. I have an official Pornhub where I have put eh, just shy of a hundred videos out for free. And what happens is I get a share of the ad revenue every time somebody watches one of those videos. It's not a tremendous amount. It's not enough to live on for me individually. You know, like I'm not that popular, but it is something. So even if one does not have money to throw around, watch your favorite performer on their official Pornhub. It's an easy, free way to be supporting them. Interact with them on their official Pornhub. That's a great place to start. Um, If you want to actually support them a bit more directly, most performers these days, I find even if they primarily shoot for mainstream companies, will have something like a paid Snapchat or a paid OnlyFans. They might have a clip store. They might um, take phone calls and texts through Sext Panther. I happen to do all these things, by the way. Um, but you know, people will usually have at least one little side hustle. And the best way to find out what that is is go to the performer's official social media. Seems like Twitter is what most of us currently use. Um, though oftentimes performers will have a presence on other platforms, find out what they're pushing as their official platform and support them there. It's usually not that expensive even, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and I think during these times when money might be a little bit tighter for folks, there's like, there's a way where people can still um, take care of their pocketbooks if they don't have a lot of money and you can still support people for not a lot of money and you can still find ways to support people. And this has been one of the, the issues in the porn industry for a while with all these, these sites that are throwing on all these free clips is like, you know, when you, when you watch free, you know, whatever it's movie, Hollywood movies that you downloaded illegally and things like that, just know that when you do that, sure, you're getting a free ride, but like someone's missing out in that, you know, someone put in their, their heart and soul and, um, and their time to go in and to make this thing. And, and you that, that is an energy that deserves to be um, compensated, even if it's just for a little bit. Um, so I think that that's, that's a really important, important piece. And I think that also that continues to empower people, right? You go and watch porn and you're actually buying it in some way or supporting it in a way that supports the performer. You are empowering them uh, as opposed to them now all of a sudden needing to go take, you know, the shitty jobs because they're scrambling for money. You're actually helping them out. So there's, there's kind of like an activist um, call to action there. Oh, yeah. And even if you want to be a bit more selfish about it, the porn that gets paid for is the porn that gets made again. We don't produce stuff that doesn't sell. And I'm not talking about, you know, things that get pirated and thrown to the four winds. Okay, so I've often seen on Reddit and and other social media sites, people go, why is there so much step porn now in the world. Why is that a thing? It's everywhere. And the answer is people pay for it. It's a genre that has a fan base that actually pays for what they want. They pay for their porn. They buy customs. (laughs) They actually pay to download the stuff or, or subscribe to memberships. So long story short, if you really like a certain genre of porn, if like Shibari is your be all and end all. You love seeing girls get tied up. Support someone who makes that. Otherwise, we're going to stop making it because it doesn't make money. You know what I mean? You you need to support the types of porn that you want to see in the world because otherwise it's not going to get made. We have to prioritize what will bring in the bacon as a business at a certain point. Which is a great segue into my next question. How can people find and support you and your work? Oh, well, um, the best place to keep up with me is my Twitter. If you want to know what's going on in my world, that's at LarkinLoveXXX, L-A-R-K-I-N-L-O-V-E-X-X-X. From there, you'll find links to all kinds of goodies, like my OnlyFans, um, I made a vanity URL for that, which is larkinlovefanclub.com if you want to go check out my OnlyFans. And if you want to Snapchat with me, 
and have all that kind of fun, you can go to snapwithlarkin.com. Little vanity URL action there. Just makes it easy. And we'll have all of this in our show notes as well. So if you're like, I can't remember this, go and look in the show notes and you can click on the links and go and find Larkin Love. And I know with pot, the podcast world, you know, it's just voices. People are like, what does she, what does she look like? What does she like? She's got all these tattoos. Ah, I have all these questions. <laughs> I mean, in your write-up, you, you have 32J breasts, fierce black hair. Everyone go check out Larkin Love um, and, and support her work and, um, and, and just continue to be activists in, in this field. We love that. I'm I'm happy to be everyone's big titty goth mommy. <laughs> I've always wanted one. I know. <laughs> My dream's coming true with sexy feet. You have really sexy feet, Larkin. I'm, I'm going to check out your... Did you take down your foot fetish uh, clips? Or are they no, still... I have a handful of them. They just okay. never really took off from a, from a production standpoint because the revenue was just about zilch. So I took the hint and moved on to other things. Oh, wait, you got to see the tongue. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That is a that long tongue. Is incredible. Oh, my God. Now, now everyone's like, okay, now I really got to yeah, go. Now you have to right? it. Damn. <laughs> well, Larkin, it was such a pleasure to have you on the show. You're, you're just so well-spoken and I... I'm so happy that hopefully our listeners will be able to support you. I know that I would love to, and I'm happy that you're still able to work during this COVID lockdown situation. And um, yeah, I hope that this brings you some um, extra viewers uh, because our Shameless Sex listeners, you know how savvy and wonderful you all are. Support Larkin Love for sure. And remember, you can listen to us on Tuesdays, on Fridays now. Tune in every Friday for Instagram Live where we answer your sex questions. Also, it's lockdown. Why not drink some wine? I'm drinking wine right now. I can't lie. It's two o'clock and I poured <laughs> myself a glass. I was like, damn it. I need to maybe drink some water in between. But if you go to marginswine.com, you can get a discount off of six bottles. You could just check out in our show notes um, for that. And also if you buy 12 bottles, we'll give you an even big, I think it's like 15% off. It's awesome. It's and three and six, Chip. Three, three and six. Three and six. <laughs> but no, but I'm, I'm shooting for 12. They should buy okay. 12 because you're going to need to stock up. Okay. You never know. You might not be able to leave your house for a while. All right. Go to marginswine.com, sign up for the newsletter. And thank you for being part of the shameless sex revolution. We'll see you next Tuesday and next Friday. <laughs> Ciao for now. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.